All right, let's go. All right, all right. The rich get richer. Boston Bruins made a. I I I like it. I like I like it. Orlov, he plays uh, about 20, 20 minutes a game. Yeah, he was one of Washington's probably you know number two or three defensemen. Halfway. He's a big, big, tough guy. Six foot three. Yeah, just just what they needed. Just what they needed. Bruins get rich. You know. You know. I I, I look at I look at this here. And I see the Bruins first place overall. They're making trades, and everybody's getting loading up. Yeah, then you look, you look, you know, Toronto gets O'Reilly, and yeah. then New York gets Tarasenko. If I was McDavid and Dreisaitl, I'd say, well, what's going on? I mean, everybody's loading up. For- yeah, I, you know, because this is Sunday morning, and you look at what happened last night. Yeah, I mean, now they, they were on a bit of a roll, but, you know, they're down 4 nothing. They come back 4-4. They, the third period, they outshoot the Blue Jackets twenty-four to six, and they yeah, lose. Yeah, it was, it was they ridiculous. They lose what six-five. And um, I, if I was if I was uh, McDavid and Drysdale, I'd I'd wonder what the heck is going on. Yeah. I, I really do. What, they don't make any moves. I mean, everybody else is making. Maybe they're just waiting to make a move. Yeah, but it looks like guys are trying to make moves before the deadline now. Well. So. And how about McDavid got, uh, he had four points again. I think that he's got four points, I think, 10 times this year. He um, he scored on a slap shot, and that was his first slap shot goal. So unless, if you're a guy like McDavid, you don't need a slap no, shot. That, that's, Remember that's the time I, t- I didn't want you to make a slap shot? Yeah, yeah, you always told me not. You told me don't slap the puck. You hey, always said. Everybody good. You, yeah, you said you can learn. To, to slap it when you get older, when I just I was maybe 10, and you wanted me to handle it, just handle it and shoot. And when you made a rink in the backyard, you made a very small rink, so I was always turning. Yeah. I, I was always turning. And, and you made a stick, and I used to— It doesn't to, have to be a big PC device. No, you wanted a small, so I turned, because that's, that, that's, you know, now they call it edges, but you always wanted me to turn left and right, to turn left and right. Yeah. And then— I got a. You, you remember you shaved my sticks down. I used to get Ricky yeah. Middleton sticks. Doesn't make any sense to have a stick the size of a man. Right. And then Peter McNabb, I was out on the ice with Peter McNabb, who's a 40 goal scorer. And Peter never really took a lot of slap shots either. Come no, to think come of it. to think of it, he didn't. And he asked me, and he said, he was 40 goal scorer. And I was out before the practice, and he said, take a slap shot. And I said, I don't know how. And he says, how are you going to play in the National Hockey League if you don't know how to take a slap shot? He's going on. So he's showing me how to take a slap shot. And you came out. And we were the only, for some reason, we were the only three on the ice. And you, you come on, what are you doing, Peter? And he said, uh, teach Tim to take a slap shot. Well, I don't want him to take a slap shot. So you and him got into an argument. He, he's, any dummy can slap a puck. So Peter says, slap the puck. Tell me I want to see you take a slap shot. And I took a slap shot, and I, my stick snapped right in two. <laughs> see? You're not, you were supposed to take a slap shot. Uh, and then Peter was all apologetic after that. That was, that was funny. Tim, did you see that Ullman score the goal last night? Yeah, yeah. You know the reason why he scored the goal? Because he's got lots of time. He made the turn, and he, he could have taken he could have taken five. He could have taken ten seconds more. If you're going to throw the puck in, you got to have a guy going after it. And if a guy hadn't been going after it, 
You never had the chance to score on the empty net. When we watch the games, you are always saying they they don't dump the puck in properly. Well, they do, they dump it in and then they make a change. Right, and the guys just walk out. How about the guy st- stands behind the net waiting for the Bobby Orr would have lost until he's 100 years old. Well, Tim, I, I see where Ryan O'Reilly uh, put in the paper. He's awful happy here. He never dreamed that he'd ever. Well, where did he, where did he play? He, he played in uh, minor hockey here. What, what was it? What uh, I think he played for the Junior Canadians. Yeah, I think so, yeah. He played a lot. If I remember it. Right, we said last time that he, he, when we were watching him play minor midget, um, he played he played minor midget, and then he also played um, provincial junior yeah, he, he was so young. He played, so he was playing an awful lot. And by the end of the season, he was really getting tired. You could tell he was he played too much. He was getting tired. Well, anyhow, he's he's he put in the paper how he's so happy. He can't believe he's here in the Leafs. He, you know, it's his hometown. Better be careful because he's got to sign his contract. He, he might he might end up with a, a haircut. Yeah, a haircut. To, to, to play in Toronto here. Yeah, so Dad, Mark, Mark Giordano, um, I don't know if he broke the record or he's about to break the record of most blocked shots with 2,045. Now, that's only since 20, I think, um, uh, 2005, they started keeping track. So we don't know how far back it goes. And he beat a guy named uh, Chris Russell, retired last year, played from uh, for Edmonton. Boy, you know, that's the only time that, that Rose... When when she watched the game, she'd be afraid. I said, "How come you're not afraid in the fight?" She said, "Well, I knew you could handle yourself in the fight, but when you block a shot, they don't know where they're going." And that's the only time she used to be. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. So, who was the best bl- shot blocker you ever played with? Al Arbor was the best guy I ever saw blocking. Glasses so, on. He went down yeah. and blocked shots, and and he played with glasses. I remember one time he had a stick out in front. And it ran up, a st- the puck ran up and hit him right between the eyes. Oh. His glasses were covered in, in uh, blood. Oh. Uh, anyhow, and so I said to Cheevers, I said, you know, you, you must have really appreciated Al Arbor. He says, I hated it. He says, once it got through him, I had no idea where it was going. Because he, he used to block it, get right down and block it. He used to slide on the ice. Yeah, and Cheevers, Cheevers he hated it. And I, I was really surprised at that. So Cindy's not here today. She's uh, taking a Sunday off, and she went down. You know, she's into the pet rescue. She's yes, she Don is. Cherry Pet Rescue Foundation, and gives a lot of money to a lot of small um, pet rescue charities. And she's down it at the Second Chance Ranch in Odessa, and that's near Kingston. Yeah, and uh, they rehabilitate uh, and rehome horses. And goats and alpacas and ponies and pigs and donkeys, chickens and unwanted farm animals. So, Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, so she's down checking them out, and they asked her to go down. So uh, she's take the Sunday, drove she down take, to Kingston. She takes that serious, boy. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, And uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Spreads.ca. They're a Canadian-owned online sports book and casino. And if you sign up now and use the promo Grape, they'll match your deposit up to $500. Get 10 spins on the big wheel for some big dough. And your first sports bet, they'll spot you at 25 bucks. And now the football's over. They're gearing up for baseball starting up pretty soon. Yeah. So well, there'll be a lot of betting going on there. Yeah, yeah. I watched a little. We'll talk about it later. I watched a little bit of the Blue Jays yesterday. And I there's, I don't you like. Don't, you don't like that pitch count, eh? The clock. No, I think it, you're going to have to get used to it. I, I, it, it was, it, you know, I hate to say it. It seemed rushed. I know they want to cut the games down, but 
I, I don't know. I, I just... They're trying to speed it up. And uh, the, the, and the National Hockey League, the face-offs, I was on and I said, I cannot believe, I cannot believe me linesmen, me not only do icing. Yeah. And remember, the, remember they had the rule that they were just going to drop the puck? Oh, I that... that and everybody, that was great. And then they did it for like about 10 games and that was it. Yeah. They, gotta, they said the players would learn. Yeah. No, <laughs> they didn't. They don't even... So I got a question, Dad. I read in the paper that uh, Sheldon Keith, there was a practice, and he rested. Uh, he told Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner to um, stay home and rest. So have you ever, like, do you ever done that? Well, I did that, but I never did it with young guys like that. At least I'd have them come home. I had John Rattel and Brad Park. Now, uh, John Rattel, uh, he, was an, he was the next pro, pro golfer. He was pretty good, too. He had to give up golf because, you know, I guess that's tough on the back. And um, Brad Park had a bad knee. So I used to tell everybody off. I'd have it optional except for uh, Brad Park and, and Rattel. And uh, guys didn't resent it. Cash. Ca- I used to uh, cash, throw cash in there, too, because cash had a bad back. But he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't take day off. Well, you were saying John Rattel didn't want to do it, right? No, John Rattel, no Donnie, uh, New York Rangers. We always practice every day. And I said, well, this isn't New York Rangers. And I said, you stay home. He, he, boy, he was, he was thin as a rail. He needed practice like he needed a hole ahead. Well, it looks like Tavares, O'Reilly, and Marner are going to be together for the, that's a pretty good line. Yeah, well, they, what, they get three, <laughs> they, they dismantled Buffalo the other day. So, yeah, Marner, Marner actually could play by himself. Yeah, he looks like the guy that if any line's a little bit of trouble, he Keith puts Marner on it to kind of yeah. straighten it out, right? Yeah, well, you'll you'll think uh, he could play by himself. He grabs a puck and boy, he boy, and and by the way, that Ny- and Nylander, that was a beautiful goal the other night. Oh yeah, on Friday, that was a beautiful goal. Yeah, you know, I got to say though, Dad, I know the anti Leaf fans don't like this, but this is Sunday morning, so last night was you know Saturday night and Hockey Night in Canada, and when the Leafs aren't on, it just seems weird. Yeah. When they're not on set. Well, they're all usually on. You know, my one friend said, yeah, it seems like it's the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know whether that, when we go that far. But um, when the Leafs aren't on, it seems funny. Yeah, it does, on, especially Saturday night. So, Dad, we're going to take some questions like we, we've been taking. And um, we got a, a, a Facebook question. Somebody wanted you to wanted to know if you had any good stories about Gary Unger. Well, well Gary Unger at one time was the Iron Man of the league. And he played 914 games, I think it was. In Anyhow, a row. Eh? In, a, in row. a row, yeah. Now, wait a minute. Let's, let's get things straight. There's, they're not Iron Men. No. You're not getting hurt. You're well, not go- you, you, you make a point in them not getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, 840 points. You got. I wrote all this down, by the way. Uh, 840, 413 goals. And, by the way, he had over 1,000 minutes in penalties. Uh, you know, the next in line was Doug Jarvis at 964. Then uh, Keith Yandel had 983. And Kessel, he's going to keep going. He's had over 1,000 games. But Gary Younger was, I, 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 when he, you know where he first started was in Rochester. Was it, yeah? Yeah, I, I had him in Rochester. He was, he was owned by the Leafs. They had him when he was 18, and I had to take care of him. So were you coaching or playing? No, I was playing. I don't ask me. They must have thought. So I you're, was, you're his roommate. 
Yeah, I was a roommate. And anybody you, you like you got all the Jimmy McKenney, Gary Younger, uh, Connie Madigan, Connie Madigan, Larry Zydell, boy. <laughs> I got them all. Anyhow, I was supposed to take care of him because he was only eighteen years old. I couldn't go with the guys. I could be wouldn't want him to go <laughs> go on a train. Yeah, you wanted to keep him from the. Yeah, I wanted to keep him side. from that. Anyhow. He was a guy that had the uh, barbecue at his ranch. He had a ranch, and uh, they went. To, and uh, Bobby Gassoff went in a motorcycle to get uh, some more uh, potato chips. And on the way back, he was killed. Boy, that Bobby Gassoff was he a tough guy? Yeah, we've talked about him. Yeah, He's, I know, yeah. but he was he was he was a tough guy. All right, yeah. all right. So, how long was he with you in Rochester? Well, he wasn't long. He and he got traded, and then he went around the league. And you know how he, you know how his thing ended. He didn't quit. He used to go on the ice and hurt all the time, all the time. Yeah. But he, he actually, the coach wouldn't let him on. Well, benched him. Yeah, I benched him, and um, he, and the coach said he's getting. You know, every every time we go in, it's not about us playing. It's about him breaking the record. So he held him off. That or he he could have played forever. So Dad, we got from Facebook, uh, Matt Powell. He wanted to know what city was the most hostile place to play away games when you were coaching and when you were playing. Well, I don't know about playing because I played off a lot of places, but the most with coaching was there's no doubt about it. You think it's going to be Philadelphia or something? It's not. It was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh of all places. You had to walk across the ice to get off. Boy, and and I I remember when I first when I, we were in the playoffs, they had a great big dog, a great big dog like like blue, it just looked like blue. I bet it was, I bet it was four feet five, four, five feet high, and I'm waving to the guy because he's got a sinus is blue, right? Yeah, it's way he's way up on top, and we were winning. I don't know, we won the game three nothing or something. Cheevers was outstanding. And I come out for the third period, and here he had it way, he had it hanging. Yeah, then the sign said, die, blue, die. Yeah, yeah. So it was, and I was going off the ice. I remember they threw, uh, you could reach over the glass and throw beer on my suits. I remember that. I remember you walking off, and um, Mike Milbury came over. Yeah, and I said, "Here, give me your helmet." I'm. If they were throwing stuff. Yeah, they were throwing cans and stuff. Because and we met the, we. How many times did you? I think we met them at least once or twice in the playoffs. We, uh, we met them. Well, we met them once, and without a doubt, there's no question in my mind whatsoever. Pittsburgh was the toughest team to play. Okay, Dad. What's the next question? The next question is from Twitter. It's MK2. He wanted to know. What car did I drive when I was playing? And what car? I was a car guy. I mean, I really was a car guy. I When I was playing, uh, I used to drive. Now, the car that I drove the most, uh, and I'd have to say, was a, a 57. No, 57 or 58. I forget. Maybe about 57. You know, I wondered if Rose let me blow all my money on my cars. So anyhow, I went a 57 uh, Oldsmobile. Anyhow, that's the one I, and then I traded that in and I got a, a 60 uh, Pontiac. Parisian, boy, it was a beautiful one. And um, then I went, then I traded in, um, and I traded it in here, up here, for a 64. I was the only year, 64 Parisian Pontiac. Well, when I went in Rochester, they gave me a, a two Monte Carlos. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, remember them, Tim? Oh, yeah. 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 You know, Cindy had the one. She talks about that all the time. I don't know what happened, Dad. We went to get that Monte Carlo, like, refurbished. We had the engine done and everything, and then it just disappeared. But I don't know what See, happened well, to it. Well, I took it to a place, and the guy was going to just disappeared. So I remember we had a lot of cars growing up. And then when you went, you worked at Valley Cadillac for that time, little time we got, got the Cadillacs. But I think everybody remembers you when we moved up here. So what were, your favorite car was a? 1983 uh, Mark VI two-door. And, and it was a two-door. I had that car for, well, I just, the other day, I just let it go. But I had that car. That's the only car I drove for um, Years when I was there, 1983 up until 2020, that was that was my car. That was a beauty car. Now was that the one that the the last one you had? Because you had two, and then when you got I gave the, one away, gave one away. But when you looked back at it, you found out it was Harold Ballard's car. And you know that's a that it's funny you remember that that I I went and got the car and and it was a white. A white top and a, and a blue bottom, and, and you couldn't get that. And it wasn't painted over. Yeah. It was... Uh, it really looked sharp. Oh, it was really sharp. But what happened was that uh, Harold Ballard, it was Harold Ballard's car, and the guy... <laughs> I don't think you didn't know about it, because I think you took it to uh, Bernie's or something like that, who's our mechanic, my mechanic, and he looked into it, and he said, did you know this is Harold Ballard's car? <laughs> Harold Ballard car, and I remember. I remember he used to have the tiger on the back of the right. thing. Yeah, he owned Hamilton Tigers. Anyhow, that was my car for. It was the most best car I had inside of it. Cost me twenty five hundred bucks to put the inside. I had the inside done again, and I had that from when it was brand new, and I gave it away. Okay, Dad, we'll wrap it up with one last question, and this one comes from Twitter. It's Jared Kissick. The goalie of choice in Game 7 of a playoff game. There is no question I, I would go with Terry Sawchuk. I saw him play, and he was the best goaltender I ever saw, boy. And he hardly wore any equipment. I don't know how he'd do it today, but he used to, he used to be in the crouch all the time, crouched down. He said he could see the guys shooting everything. But I don't know. He wore a mask near the end, but I don't know how with uh, shooting today. But the best goalie I'd go with with the seventh game would be Terry Sajak.